Upset about uh, oh you started recording never mind no oh, I thought you were gonna <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping for a real side note nope <laughs> how was that that was Andy oh Andy says not a chance I'll make it break a leg everyone. is his sound a bunch of broken glass yeah <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that yeah so. yeah that's awesome I had not heard that one before apropos yep ah uh, he's not gonna make it break a leg. So, Matt, go on without me. We got to bring the funny. Oh, our, we'll our, bring the funny. Our, uh, we our, will bring our the choice funny. funny man is not here. We'll bring the funny. Have you seen what hat I'm wearing? I'm bringing the funny. <laughs> <laughs> he, it was so funny too because he actually had he actually did have an interesting week. And uh, Andy or Matt? Uh, Andy. Oh, okay. And he was like, "Oh, I got so much. It's too bad. I got stuff. I did cool stuff this week." And I'm like, "Yeah." And now we're never gonna hear. What yeah, happened? Ever. It's lost to the ether. No, it'll be next week. Yeah, I know. Just piled on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the iron cools, man. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, I cut the ribbon at this rock out in the middle of the desert. It was a great, uh, great uh, little ceremony. We were hammering a plaque, and uh, the rock cracked, and then the plaque fell out, hit my toe, and uh, Mel Blank almost did some voices. And, <laughs> Wasn't uh, it Noel Blank? Yeah, in his story. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I just I love that story so much. Just the way you jumped on it, Todd. And did he come out and do some voices? Nope. <laughs> 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 Welcome, Good folks, times. to Chief Shock number five hundred twenty-four. <laughs> I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Go Chiefs. Backstabbing K. <laughs> Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. Yeah, you have, you have already heard. Uh, I, I Andy wasn't has sure. a thing tonight, so he will not be joining us. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have time to think about a, a crazy fun name yeah, really? for the podcast. You need to be like Andy and spend all week thinking about this. I don't think about <laughs> that. <laughs> I just don't I don't spend enough time thinking up. What uh, interesting alternative name could I come up for next week? Hmm. Oh, Matt. Matt. But the secret is you got to say it and then you got to look at us. Like, yeah. Huh? yeah. To make, and then to make to, sure. Yeah, to, to make sure that it was funny. <laughs> he's uh, he's made his way behind the big screen. Oh, yes. Matt's uh, been Kay. playing furious games with uh, with uh, Kit. Kit. Kit's been playing uh, get, chase me all over the place and having a ball. <laughs> it, it's, see, it's nice to see you two getting along. I still hate him. <laughs> <laughs> he is a cat. <laughs> Ugh. All right, Jeff, this is your moment. Get it off your chest. They won. Yes, they did. The this Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Oh, man, I'm they represent, represented excited. the state of Kansas. <laughs> what a... You know, it's funny because I'm laughing at that gaffe, but at the same time, I'm thinking of our Kansas boy, who's yep. a big Chiefs fan. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, look, I mean, as much as I want to rub it in his face because he's dumb... Uh, <laughs> The Chiefs do play in Missouri. However, if you are a Chiefs fan and you live in Kansas City, you can live in Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, but didn't the Kansas City, the the Kansas side of it, uh-huh. that they were did some voting referendums to support the Chiefs and then they didn't vote for it? I don't know. It's So they had the opportunity to actually financially Look, support it and they didn't do it? You're asking me about... <laughs> 
Kansas and Missouri politics and, and Jeff, tell me about Kansas that, and Missouri politics. That's and there is some pre-Civil War Kansas shit. and Missouri <laughs> politics are you're, you're for the saying most it part, wrong. It's misery. As it's Kansas and misery. <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> misery. For the, for the most part, it's just dumb. Like the I, whole I, Midwest I, is. I'm sorry, but it is. Missouri's south. South, no, Midwest, don't, whatever. Don't, don't confuse <laughs> undereducated Matt with dumb. The yeah. politicians in both Kansas and Missouri are fucking dumb. The residents of the states, the good majority of them are just undereducated. Yeah. Personally, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> you know. We were just attacking, attacking the state of Kansas. Yes, the state that of Kansas was, that was and a- the state of misery. <laughs> Okay, and the Midwest, I'm all for that too. Yeah, in the South, <laughs> Louisiana, get plains. Louisiana in there. It's the Great Plains. Louisiana. It's not the Midwest. Oh, oh okay. Oh, oh, Matt. Oh, not that what you said does not apply to the Midwest. That's mm. that's totally fine. That makes sense. <laughs> as as a comedian once said, anyway. you know why they call it the Hotland? He's from Boston because the brain ain't there. <laughs> the brain land. All right. Oh, <laughs> fuck Boston. You go back to one. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, hey, we should play the Boston uh, commercial for Matt. Oh, the fuck Super Boston. Brain. Never been there. Fuck all you Bostonites. Fuck, fuck it. Uh, apparently, we're just hating on half the United I, States tonight. I, <laughs> this turned into a really edgy show all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even a minute in. Um, but anyway. Uh, it was yeah. a good Super Bowl. Five uh, it was a fun game. I uh, enjoyed it. It was amazing. It was amazing. You 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 had that zone where they're down. Yeah, and you're just like oh, and 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 Mahomes looks like he's losing it. Yeah, he I, looks yeah. like he fell apart. And you're like, that's three, it. Yeah, three quarters. He did not play very well, and then it came to clutch time, and he was just calm, cool, and said, you know, we got this. They got it together. I mean, it, that's what all good. the players were saying. Like, it's like we've got this in the in the huddle. So it's not over. We got this. We can do this, and they did it. So it was pretty amazing. Congratulations, pretty amazing. although uh, uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid definitely deserved a Super Bowl. Uh, fantastic head coach. Who won Just MVP? loves the game. Who won uh, MVP? Mahomes won MVP. Really? Um, was in the Disney World uh, parade today, the Magic Kingdom. Oh, wow. So. That was fast. Yeah. They don't well, wait now. Well, they went right from <laughs> Miami to <Jesus>. Orlando. <laughs> so. Good Lord. Yeah, fuck going to you know Kansas to have their parade. <laughs> the parade is Wednesday. <laughs> oh, I see. That's, that's coming, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeez. You know, Priorities. You, Disney. You, I will say this. Um, I... I I, I actually will make a vote that Chris Jones on the defense should have gotten it. Yeah. Because there were a, more than a few times Joe Buck was like, well, it looks like Chris Jones got a hand on it when, when yeah, Garopp. He, he batted down he, two different passes. He batted down two, and he fucked up a couple others where he would yep. brush them and they would blah, 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 warble and, and get. I, I think he was partly responsible for the, the, the interception that they got. If I remember correctly, oh, early in yeah, early yeah, in the he game, he hit that and it warbled and well, but, uh, they well, he hit Jimmy Garoppolo like as he was yeah. throwing, and that's what caused it to be an yeah, error. Yeah, there you Come go. On, his name right is Jimmy Gorgeous. 
<laughs> oh, oh Matt. Jimmy Gorgeous. Yeah. But I just wanted it to be a good game. I wanted I, I of course wanted the Chiefs to win, but I just wanted it to be a good entertaining game and it was even though I was at my uh, Chiefs down. bar with my, you know, Chief, fellow Chiefs fans and <laughs> it was like a roller coaster. It's like, yeah, we got oh my god, we're down. Oh, wait, wait, we might win this. No, no, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna are we gonna win this? We're we're gonna win this. Oh my god, we're gonna win this. We're actually gonna win the Super Bowl. So Anyway, that's about all I really have to say about it. It was fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Packed house, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Standing room only. I tell Standing you right now, only. you don't care if it's an entertaining game. You don't care if the Chiefs are forty to zero as long as they win that Super Bowl. I don't know. Forty it. to okay. zero is entertaining if you're a fan of the team that won. <laughs> I, no, but you said you wanted a close game, an entertaining. No, game. I didn't, I didn't no, say close. I didn't say, didn't close. say close. I just wanted an entertaining game. Yeah, and yeah. and you know it's funny. I have to keep telling people. Like, I have no animosity towards the 49ers. I like the 49ers. Um, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs are my team, and yeah. they're the team that I wanted to see win. So, but yeah, I hold no ill will towards the Niners. Oh well, of course not. They lost. <laughs> even I hold even, no even ill even will. Before the game. They lost even before the game. So. I'm a 49ers fan through and through. <laughs> oh my! All right. Anything else, Chief Wise? You want to get off your chest, gents? No, I'm good. I'm I'm happy. Was, it's good to yeah. see you happy. Was, you deserve happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that one text I got. I can't stand this. I'm shaking. Oh man, I I like my heart was racing. Like my hands. Like, I'm like I don't even remember the last time I felt like that watching a a, a sports game. And it just it was sports just, ball, sports ball. Yeah, I mean, I literally there were a couple times I had to like Probably lean on the chair in front of me and just kind of <laughs> yeah. Well, the 2014, especially when that's it was I mean. the game seven, and they oh, that was f- they that lost on that pop five fly. Five years—that's way too long to go without that existential mm-hmm. excitement. But then they won it the following year, so then it there was you go. Good, so. Never mind then. Yeah. yeah. All right, gentlemen, what geeky things did you do this week? Well, there was kind of a thing called a Super Bowl. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it broke out my. Oh. I I've still I keep forgetting the name. What was the name of that goddamn football? Remember that we were talking about it. The the remember that football game with the plastic figs and you put them on the and the and the thing would oh oh the the vibrating football game football. from the 70s. Yeah, electric, it's it's actually made a huge it's comeback. Electric football, yeah, yeah, electric football. Oh, but there was there was the company name. It was it oh, was it was actually oh. named after the the company that I can't remember it. But it was, it was so funny because I always remember watching that and just was like, my friend would get so excited. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it's, this doesn't look like anything. I it doesn't look like, No one's running a play here. Yeah, really? <laughs> it's a bu- It sounds like my mom's description of football. A bunch of guys just bashing into each other and then, you know, just kind of. Just, <laughs> so I've never played it. Never watched it played. I have. It's, uh, so it's uh, so. But what my understanding of it is you have. Two teams of plastic dudes yeah. on a metal football field. Yep. And you can board. set little things yes. in front, like pick a direction you expect on to the go. On the figs, yes. on the figs' bases. And supposedly, when the thing vibrates to start the play, the, the field the field will vibrate and they'll sort of go in the direction that they're. It's gotten better now yeah. with what they're doing now. But yeah, that except company. that half the time the players just kind of move around in the circle and don't actually go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. People just going out of bounds for no reason. Just 
Yeah, it's like that's it's, right. Don't stop the clock. Ah. It's like watching first year pee wee football. No one really knows what they're doing, yeah. except for that one kid who just runs faster than everybody. And right up. Yeah, there. but he doesn't have the ball. He just runs. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> run, Forrest, run! Stop. Yeah, run. but um, yeah. So, so why 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 do you think why did you think of the electric football? Okay. Um, you have an original one. I oh, I never had it. I never oh. had it because I. Well, they I said you broke it out. I uh, it. no, my my. Uh, I when I was a kid, a friend of mine had it, and he oh. was all excited. The 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 quarterback had a springy arm that you could oh. put a football in and. Ba-ding! Oh, seriously? So you could pass to what? Well, that's the thing, dude. You didn't pass to anything. I don't know. <laughs> what was I, the point I, of I that? Underst- I didn't understand it. <laughs> okay. I did not understand it I'm- at. Oh. I'm gonna have to go on a YouTube deep dive on this thing. I oh think. my I god! Can't, yeah, I mean, I can't find any like names. It just says it's like it's like Tudor's electric football or. Um, oh god! I can't. It. Damn yeah, it! Vintage it, electric football game, NFL Tudor. Yeah. I, I I can't find anything Let's that see, goes by NFL, a different name. But NFL shot. electric oh. football was what I always knew it as. But you know, maybe it's one of those like you know Band Aid or Kleenex. You exactly. Know, the it, proper it, names that kind of became it's known the, as it's the 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 proper name became the generic name, and I'm just I'm just not. Okay, Wikipedia. Th- this will talk about history, uh, electric football, Tudor metal. Oh, Tudor goes way back. This is gonna. This isn't gonna work. Um, <laughs> You're right. It's not working. You know. And uh, now I did have that Stratomatic baseball game. Stratomatic, going. which no, 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 it's Statomatic. So cause stats. It was all because it was all stats. Yeah. So it was all this dice Hydromatic. rolling. And, yeah. It was. <laughs> it was like baseball RPG without the story. It was all just <laughs> yeah. stats and die roll. Well, that's that's like that's like fucking uh, 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 fantasy sports. It's just it's RPG without the the story. I, the, yeah, I was taken in by that until I found out what it was really like, and then I it was no longer taken in. <laughs> no, what are you gonna it's, do? Uh, it's Tudor games. That's the yeah. name of it. Tudor games. Yeah. Maybe I was thinking of Statomatic as a, as a, like an official official. <laughs> It does sound kind of electric, but it isn't. Yeah. Nor- Norman Sass was the inventor of electric football. Norman. Norman Sass. They've had it since, what is this? What is that? 1920? Yep. 1929? Wait, that, that, the 19, el- uh, late 1940s. Wait, the electric football game we're talking about is from the 40s? Well, well yeah. 40s. electric football's yeah. ancestry can be traced back to 29 when Elmer C's incorporated Tudor Metal products in New York City. But the game that oh, you the know game. of okay. is 1940s. So the company so, came oh, out of the Depression. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would date back to the 70s. Woe is me. Yeah. So electric <sighs> football is diesel punk. Yes. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there's this. There's the geek connection, folks. It's diesel punk. It's kind of a board game. Oh. Three three companies: Tudor Tudor Games, Coleco, like C O L E C O. Coleco Coleco yeah. football is what I had heard yeah. it called Coleco one time. Coleco football, maybe. But Coleco. I always thought that was the video game version. And I can't find the other one, but those are two of the three. Maybe that's it then. So in Statomatic, what'd you do? Flip cards and go. Ah, oh, my stats better than yours. That nah, was spinners and dice, and different players had. Different percentages of how they would. Wow. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was. It was an RPG mm-hmm. without story. <laughs> it really was. Absolutely <laughs> was. 
I like to play statomatic diceless myself. Yeah, you, you get had, more into the character of your players. You had one team, the other player would have the other team. Well, theoretically, because no one would play this ultra nerdy game with me. So I would oh. play it by myself. So of there course you, you did. There you of are. Of course you did. There you are. The <laughs> one sports thing you're participating in. By yourself. And you wonder why you hate sports. Sports by myself sucks. <laughs> there does. he is. It kind of does. In the we front got the yard. root of it. He yeah. throws the football up, runs a couple feet, right. catches it, runs to the ro- rose bush, spikes it. Yeah, I scored. I tell you what. I would win and lose a game of horse every time. <laughs> <laughs> Usually on the first throw. Yeah, but now solo is built into board games, people. Solo. Now it's okay. Solo. (laughs) I would take my D and D modules and create a character, and then go through them, look at the map, and walk to there, look at the number, fight the creature, and there, then take the treasure. That's that's how I played D and D Uh for a good while. Always won too, didn't you? Uh, uh, of course, kind of. He goes, "Oh, I failed, but no one's here to check my dice roll." (laughs) Oh, look at that, natural twenty. He I'm looks. Not, to I'm the, not a dick. He looks to the left. Oh, sorry. Nineteen. Oh, wait, wait, take it back. I'm not a cheater. I am a dick. <laughs> I think the nerdiest thing I did though, growing up in the stats game area, was I decided to roll three d six a thousand times, record the outcome, and then create a average of that. So I did a scientific study of stat rolling for D and D. For the hell of it, at like age twelve. Wow, that's that sounds like somebody who went to space camp. No, that's growing up in the Midwest as a bored motherfucker. That's what that is, <laughs> and far away from other kids. That's what it was. Wow, how there's a population in the Midwest. You're right. <laughs> how? Don't ask questions you don't want the answers oh. to, there, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what other geeky things you do this week besides think about electric sports? Electric sports. Coleco. I think it was Coleco. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that was from the 70s, so that's probably what you're thinking of. Yeah, that's, that is the one I'm the thinking 70s. of. Yeah. Oh, I did get to to finally watch the premiere of uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, As okay. did I. Uh, I don't care for it. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I, the story didn't grab me. Well, for being that it was the very first episode, I oh, thought I, it was intriguing. I'm anxious to see where they go from here. So. I've oh, seen episode uh, two. And then, Kirsten, when we talked uh, last week about the, the pit bull that's in there, and you were kind of yeah. upset about the, the clipped deer. ears. Mr. Worldwide! Um, the dog is a rescue. 305. <laughs> the dog is a rescue pit bull. Why? I'm- so that's they didn't clip the ears. The, clip, the ears were already clipped when they got the dog. But I- it's a rescue dog, and that was one of um, Stuart's stipulations. He wanted a pit bull to be the companion, but he wanted it to be a rescue dog. <sighs> Jeff, what? I, I, I know the dog's a rescue dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're just saying what why was in it the future? rescued in the 24th century? Are there fucking dog rings in the goddamn... You are don't they, like that it they... represents the clipped ear version of the pet in the 24th century? Is that what you're upset? Or I'm not early hating 25th? on anything. I'm just like, really? 24th century Federation? You're still clipping the ears of dogs? That's what I'm doing. That's it. No. That's it. Cold <laughs> okay. stop. Now, okay. I suppose I suppose it's possible because after all, apparently the Federation were a bunch of assholes who were willing to oh, let yes. Romulans die. So, you know, hey, maybe maybe there maybe maybe there maybe there is some kind of 
R. Kelly, uh, 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 Michael Vick, uh, pedophile dog ring thing Shoes going on. on in the. Wait, what's happening? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Shoes on the other foot. The soul sun is about to explode. Earth is in whatever. You think the Romans would have done anything? No. So that's why I don't like that story. Wow. The Romulan Star Federation would have been like, finally, wow. finally, our uh, what we're evil, not getting what at. What aboutism though. is what we're getting at. Yeah. Okay, so Trumpist 24th <laughs> century. But right. we don't know what happened in those 20 plus years between the end of Star Trek Nemesis and Star Trek Picard because the door was opened when the Romulans helped we Picard and the we Enterprise. There was Blade Runner. Stop. And then there was. (laughs) You're mixing your genres, man. No, there was the. You're you're mixing your your, wars or whatever the hell franchises. Hey, hey, they're saying like the whole war against synthetics. On Andoria, they have a saying: only Kirk could go to Kronos. There it is. Make Romulus great again. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Remember Praxis. That's right. So anyway, I I just well three five nine. I'm enjoying fake news. It. I'm enjoying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the second episode yet, but yeah. uh, but I'm enjoying it. It's 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 starting to get deep. Yeah. Yeah. So and minor inti micro spoiler. Go for it. They've added a ticking time bomb, as they describe it in plot terms. Is it the dog? Yeah, <laughs> the dog's ready to go. He doesn't take, or does? He? I don't know. I will say, there was a twist in there that I wasn't expecting. With the with Picard and the uh, the newer characters they introduced, because it does seem a lot like from the trailers and the clips that we have seen prior to the airing of the first episode that the Borg would be heavily involved in this. Mm. Not to mention with Jerry Ryan reprising Seven of Nine mm. and uh, and uh, his Hugh. name escapes me reprising Hugh. Who? Hugh. Who? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it seemed like the Borg were going to be a much bigger Each part other. of what this character's introduction was. And when they went in a completely different uh, direction, I was like, oh, that's intriguing. Mm. So I'm trying not to be spoilery if anybody hasn't I say seen spoiler. it and still wants to see it. I say fuck them. Fuck them all. I'm angry wow. at fans. I hate fans. <laughs> Ruin it all. Your booze mean nothing. I know what you cheer for. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm still liking it. And my God, is it, come on, Jeff. Is it gorgeous? It is, is it beautiful. Gorgeous? The cinematography is amazing. Isn't it? Just amazing. Yeah. I mean, there was okay. a, there's, there's a scene that sticks in my mind is when when Picard wakes up and he gets up and he goes to the the door and he or the window rather and opens the shades and just the light coming in and yeah. and just the the colors like slowly almost like when you're waking up and things are just coming into focus yeah. and then oh, the, then really? the color starts to come in you and it was think? just like it was like it cuz it was seemed kind of black and white for a second and then the colors yeah. started to come in in the vineyard and I was just like wow yeah i am damned impressed they're having fun with, with it the, and it's like super wide yeah. i'm watching it on a friend's ginormous tv right and on the ginormous tv it's, it's letterboxd. letterboxd yep it's like it's like cinemascope star trek or something <clears throat> it's pretty pretty wide screened matt i also watched uh, the first two episodes of avenue five 
Uh, that's an interesting show. Still not sold on it. Still boy, not sold oh on boy. it. Miss, Miss, Professor Biggs was Mr. Party Pooper. I'm going to keep watching it, but I'm still not sold. I, 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 I like the premise so far, uh, especially the, the twists with the, the captain and the crew and everything that have happened so far in just the first two episodes. I, the third episode dropped tonight, right? Yes. Okay, I have, I'll have to watch that when I get home. See where on they what? go with that. HBO? It's on HBO, mm-hmm. yeah. Alright. So but yeah, well, I'm you uh, seeing that then. I'm interested to see that. And and I mean I like Hugh Laurie. He's he's just sure. a freaking amazing actor. <laughs> I did I you know no, I can't say it because that's too spoilery. Oh, oh yep. Yeah. No. Nope. So I'm not gonna I'm On not the other hand, it. talk about Talk about Oh But you can talk about Oh Well what about that car- oh <clears throat> Did a lot of work on commissions this week. Did you? Yeah. I worked on uh, Matt's Enterprise C. Nice. And uh, Not mine. It's been, yeah. Oh. This is uh, oh. Two Broke Geeks, Matt. I was like, why aren't you working on uh, to, uh, just Matt's to, Adeptus uh, team so you can... Mechanicus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be willing if Matt's willing to pay. Nope. I this way. <laughs> but, uh, nope. but again, uh, just a flashback, this is a full model kit. This isn't a mini. And so I've been doing it from build. Mm. And it's been a while since I've done a model kit. Mm. You, I, I've got lots of unbuilt ones at home. How is and that I enjoy uh, Babylon 5 coming along? What? What Babylon 5? Exactly. I don't know which one you're talking about. Yeah, mm. exactly. Uh, but so I have spent an inordinate amount of time priming, sanding edges, mm. repriming, and re-sanding again. Show sanding me sanding and sand models the floor. is one of the longest tedious moments of model it's so worth it because it gets rid of all those seam lines when you're putting the model together that shows that ah, this is a plastic model get a little plastic putty there you do a little sanding get rid of all that uh, but that takes so long but i finally got it to the point that yes i can start doing the painting so i'll be doing but it'll be worth week. it when you go up against cobra kai because you'll know all the moves darn right man <laughs> sand the enterprise i can do that any day big circles big circles you know i picked up a few of those uh, aurora nostalgia models oh fun which ones you get uh Oh, I have like I like I got the mummy. Yeah, uh, they're all and, like the old Universal monster. Yeah, kind of as well as just things like torture chamber. Oh yes, you know, and stuff like that. Maybe I should. Maybe I should commission. Uh, commission. You should commission and, Matt to get it done. Speaking of no, uh, I'd like it done. <laughs> you know, I'd like it done within Andy's uh, framework of getting things done. Oh, okay. So never. I mean, yeah, Andy. I mean, Andy should thank Matt because. Is Matt's redefined? There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, getting it done. Speaking of Universal Monsters, I did see the trailer for uh, Bloomhouse's Invisible Man. I gotta say, I'm kind of intrigued at That's, this thing. Uh, some crazy ass shit. I, yeah. I I I know we talked about it on the show, but it looks like it's a lot more intense than than the pitch that we read on the show. I am not saying that Bloomhouse can do no wrong. Sure, but I am saying. Bloomhouse turns out some real quality work. Yeah, yeah. So. And this, this, uh, the Hollow Man, kind of was like a, a funky effects ridden action, yeah, uh, horror type <laughs> yeah. thing. Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, this one seems to be going the same route, but is deeply, actually, kind of fucking psychological. It's looking like I still I remember. Yeah, I still remember when you and I, Torgo, went and saw. Uh, Hollow Man in the theaters, and we were just like, 
what the fuck just happened? This whole movie turned from like suspense to fucking horror. It did. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked the movie, but it was just such a surprise. We're sitting there like, what just happened? <laughs> this whole yeah. movie completely changed theme. <laughs> it was pretty awesome, though. Right when he attacks a chick. Everyone remembers which, that. Which, which one? <laughs> oh, you know exactly which scene I'm the, talking the about. The sleeping one? Yeah. The, the, the oh. gross, disgusting scene? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. But the Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You've had your moment. Jason Momoa. Oh, that a, creepy, weird that commercial. That was funny fucking commercial. No one's talking about the... The, it's the, it's the one of those pattern? commercials where nobody knows what the hell he was adverting or what the product was, but the commercial was hilarious. So, because he, he it, and the effects that they did. Do you know anything about it, Todd? No, I, I, I was working during the Super Bowl, which means I'm making drinks and slinging beer and not yeah. being able to look up for anything, especially he, during commercials. He talks about coming home and, and home is a sanctuary and he likes to relax. Let and his hair really, down. He, he, so he comes home and takes he, his just, shoes off he takes his shoes off. And it's really funny because they emphasize that the shoes like made him taller. It, he, he drops takes like a foot. And he drops down. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, I just like to take just, just, uh, just, just be myself. And he takes off his arms. And he's got these skinny little dinky arms yeah. underneath the big, big Momoa arms. And then he pulls out his chest. The chest and six pack. And he's yeah, like yeah. this scrawny. And he just gets smaller, thinner, scrawnier. And he sits on his. Uh, and he's totally. Like Captain America in reverse. Exactly. Yeah. And it was very nicely done. It and the, the ending there. the ending thing, he's just like, yeah, so I can finally. Re- oh, yeah. And then he pulls off his hair. <laughs> And he's and, bald. And he's like <laughs> receding hairline all the way to the back. And it is hysterical. The guy's the the guy's capacity to just chill and laugh is is just awesome. That and Murray's Groundhog Day. And he started off in Stargate first. Atlantis. Can you believe that? Yeah. Stargate Atlantis was mm-hmm. his break into the into showbiz. Right. He was in some movie before that. He was in um like his big his big role though that was his oh first yeah big it was role. his first like starring yeah. role with recognition yes you're yeah. correct uh, the 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 Groundhog Day was hilarious too that was that was well done and it was really funny with just Murray I just love the fact that they brought back so many of the actors they got that were they in the got film. they they did so well in bringing that all back and then and, and then he just like sees the jeep and he's like huh. That's different, and then it just he just starts the cycle all over again. But now he's playing with the uh, the groundhog and the Ned Jeep. Ryerson. Yeah, it's just like yeah. no. What are you doing? Yeah, that was that was. Oh no, not him! <laughs> he's driving with the doors off. He's like, you guys are gonna die out there from the cold. Eh, yeah, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just right. like, who cares? See you yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and it was just like wow. Uh, uh, Murray did that. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So so this Super Bowl actually did uh, live up to uh, um um good commercial uh, reputation with some nice uh, geeky commercials. I only got to see a few because I tied you know, it in. It was noisy there, but I recorded the game, so at some point I'll go through and. Watch well, they're, them. they're also they're they're just popping up on yeah. YouTube all over the place. I, I've I've seen a couple on YouTube. In that three yeah. seconds of the halftime show that everyone's talking Smart about. Smart Pack. <laughs> oh my God. Smart Pack. I've always loved Shakira, 
and it was really fun. And J Lo, God, I remember at Star Trek the Experience, women making fun of the guys because like a J Lo video would come on, and we would all just sit there and watch it. And you would hear, "Look at them! Look at them!" And you turn around, and there's like a couple of women standing behind us, just all staring at us with, you know, giving us a stink eye because we're all just like, hmm. Uh. Um, and then that was just some. Uh, that was some bootylicious stuff, and apparently a little subversive, because um, like one of the one of the songs, I think it was the one uh, J Lo leading into "Born in America." They had a little kids choir back up, and her daughter was uh, singing along too. And the the kids were in these like oh yeah spherical Cages. frames, <laughs> and you're like. And yeah, I didn't even think about it. I had to read it on the internet because I'm dumb. And it's like, oh, those are cages. And there was like this screen of like stars or some kind of light behind them. And you're like, oh, that was a wall. Sometimes when you're in the moment, you're just so impressed yeah. by the, the artistic nature of things. You, just, you, don't, you, don't, you, you don't, don't let it pick go, up yeah. all of the, the subtext. And when J-Lo comes oh, yeah. skipping down the, the, the ramp in her red, white, and blue cloak, you're like, oh, and they're singing Born in America, and then she spreads the cloak out, and it's actually Puerto Rican flag. But wasn't it Puerto Rican on the inside and yes. U.S. on the outside? I think so. I think okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, someone, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Someone has a message here. Yeah, that was pretty good. I was hats off there. I know, not geeky, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm excited for the twenty third. Uh oh, what's happening? Twenty third oh, yes. is the game auction at War Room Games. Ooh. I've taken yes. a vacation day. Wow. To go. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get paid to go. You gotta you gotta text me a reminder and so I can show up and Absolutely. Absorb the odor of uh War Room Games auction. <laughs> Tell you what, there's a strategy to it. Who's <laughs> 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 whose who's kid are you gonna kidnap to to, no. to bid for it? Oh yeah, hey, that's right. That's no, right. I've got a whole new strategy. I need to talk to you about this, Kay. Uh, I need to borrow Kit. Ah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna lift him up and put his arm up for yeah. But you throw gotta, him at Ray. You have to yeah. shave. All right, we'll we'll give you it. Ah. You have to shave off all of Kit's hair so you can do the Doctor Evil thing, so that people will be like, oh, he's so what? He's so unique. Oh, oh, and you're cosplaying too. So so sweet. So I'm what are you going to yeah, do no. that? No. <laughs> <laughs> so he just stares at me. This day, what are you on the lookout for? All right, what am I on the lookout for? Yes. Um, other potential Blood Bowl teams. Okay, that's and, a good and one. maybe original Blood Bowl box. You got one last time. Hey, I hear the half orcs make for a hell of a team. You might want to. Might want to see. He doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about. There's no half orcs. <laughs> yeah, I heard half orc. I don't, so I don't so you know what? All right. He's, <laughs> There's, there's, oh, do you mean orcs? Orcs? I wouldn't know because I almost had a team and then I didn't. Wait, a half, <laughs> a half fork? Is that like a? I turned that into a win. Half, like a I want everyone to notice. Half orc. So not a spork. That's half, half fork orc. and half spoon. Half orc. Hork. Oh, okay. Orc. Half, sp- half spork. Half orc. spork. Well, no, spork is half fork and half spoon. And and and. <laughs> A- another answer to your question, I'm kind of sniffing around the age of Sigmar. I totally Andy okay, that there, that's and he fine. did not have it. No. <laughs> he was that's not fine. having that, it. That's good. Maybe maybe I'll do the same. Age of Sigmar. Pay. Oh, my. That's the, the fantasy yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Just to throw it out there for Don't believe that. I there. know some stuff. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe the hype. I, I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking knobs. Whoa. Okay, this got weird. <laughs> Wow. That is basically a goblin. Well, well, oh, okay. I was going to say. You're not going to go for the undead? 
or the what? No. Goblins. I, I, I kind of got the undead all sealed up. One in my Blood Bowl team, and two in my Death Guard. That's kind of the undead thing in 40k. It's, I want to move away from that a little bit, and I like the uh, jovialness of the goblins. They're assholes. Yeah, I know. Oh, Come very, on, Matt. Very much you got it. You got to. It's a natural fit. They're riding things called squ- uh, squigs, squigs, which squigs, are yeah. just gigantic balls of flesh with teeth. And legs, it's fantastic. So it's it's still wonderfully grotesque. Okay. I'm not saying I'm doing this, but I'm considering it. Doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a strong suspicion, yes, that people will be dropping off their Malifaux since uh, War Room Games is not really playing it much oh, in there anymore. Oh. So I'm hoping to pick up some Malifaux army. Wow. They just drops they just drop games, huh? Well, again, we went through all the whole weird yeah. games and, and yes. not getting the rule book available, so they just decided to just let it go. I went in there again, and I saw their Arena Rex section there with their building. It's not large. But, but it's they, not a large they, game either. That's true, yes. They, they uh, have most of the models for it. There's not a whole bunch for it. Yeah. They definitely have, if not all, most of these starter packs. I did see that. Um, and lots of creatures. Yeah, there's a lion there too, Leo. I, you know, I, did, I wanted to ask you about your uh, your Rex box. You got the starter pack with the Atlant- far- kind of a, a mix between Atlantis and Native American. Okay, did it also include rules in that? The uh, the rules for the actual game itself? No, yeah. you have to purchase them for seven dollars off the Arena Rex site. <laughs> okay, but the rules for the characters are on the back side of the character sheet. Or backside of the character uh, cards. Okay. But uh, you have to purchase the rules off the arenarex.com. They're currently sold out because I've been looking to buy one. So Ah, careful. That hurts Malifo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is true. Yeah. And another thing uh, that I did this week, uh, my wife and I have been going on a American Horror Story binge for a while. We did American Horror Story, the last one they did, 1984, a fantastic throwback to slasher films of the 80s. Really? The tone is perfect. Jeff, you would like that season. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, that's so. I don't think it's on Netflix yet, but it should be up there soon. And then we go on back to catch up on ones we haven't seen, and we watched American Horror Story Coven, their witch story. Right. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the best X-Men story I have seen on television, <laughs> through and through. Uh-huh. It is fantastic. It is entertaining in every way you want to be entertained in a American Horror Story season. So one of the witches is like Jean Grey, like the same kind of powers, telekinetic? Uh, sure, yes. Okay. Yes, I will, right. I'll definitely go with that. Pyrokinesis, <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, just the story it tells across the whole season is just so much fun. Some parts are funny, a lot of parts are horrific, and the intermingling of the witches, just fantastic script writing through and through. If, if you are going to do any season of American Horror Story, uh, Coven is the one you want. Each one's each season's its own self-contained story. That's been the best one thus far. How Speaking did- of witches... <clears throat> Have you gone to see Hansel and Gretel? Or Gretel and Hansel? No. Oh, okay. And apparently well, no one else did either. There was $6 million opening. Oh, shit. Oh. The trailer made it look look intriguing, but, yeah. 
I, not I, for me. I, I, oh. I don't know. I, I'm just not. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm just not drawn in by recreation of Grimm's fairy tales or other fairy tales redone for horror. I just it just doesn't pull me in. Okay, but the witch did. Oh, that one. That's its own thing. Yeah. The the Vavitch is amazing. <laughs> that that movie is one of the best horror movies. It's in my top ten list. Phenomenal movie. Okay. Hmm. All hmm. right. Anything else you do this week, guys? Uh, did I watch something? Um, I feel like there is, but it's not coming to mind. What, I watched oh, what um, Theme Park Extinction on YouTube, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. That one that you were talking about. The Star Trek experience yeah. one? You're in it like three times, Kay. Yeah. Oh, that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, Twice as Andorin, and then one is a skinny Starfleet. Starfleet. I was like, that's Kay like 80 pounds ago. <laughs> Pretty much. <clears throat> I think it was like Damn, two. Man. It was like two ten or something like that. I'm just saying it was many years ago, guys. I'm not dude, taking a shot at him, dude. Dude, I I wore twenty years ago one almost. of the biggest. Oh, I wore one of the yeah. biggest uh, spandex suits at that time. Well, you were the tallest Starfleet officer, right? Uh, no. no. So who was taller than you? I, I, they, they had people eventually. Bigs. Once Biggs, uh, oh yeah, I forgot Biggs did rotations and uh, but um, without uh, his glasses, it was really funny too because when I first started wearing it, um, I would get comments like, "Kirsten, you're a big man, <laughs> but you wear it well." <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, those spandex suits leave little to the imagination, so you had to be somewhat fit in those things, yeah. Uh, otherwise, it would show. Yeah, it's funny because it became a joke towards the end where. They were just hiring anybody and throwing anybody in there, and you got guys with pot bellies. Oh and, yeah, and big guys walking around. I'm I'm actually curious. That brings up something that I that you since you brought that up that that I always always wondered about. There were a lot of people that worked on up on the ride that needed glasses, but when they would go into the performance, they would take their glasses off. Yes, and rather than wear like contacts, they just would do the show without. Any kind of <laughs> optical wear. So I'm sitting here like, how many accidents occurred because of that? Yeah, not and too many. No, not too many. And also, Tom was in it twice. Oh, yeah. yeah, Tom was yeah. in it. Well, um, Motog was a classic. Well, he, he, he was a classic. the the two that I remember that are in there is uh, in the classic uh, the classic Klingon armor that uh, mm -hmm. that Tom wore. You know, for the first several years, right. and then also in the um, the Dahar Master outfit that he wore in the later years. <laughs> right. So that's when so that's when it ones. really began damaging his body. Yeah, like and yeah, he I remember that he successfully they that that's that'll be one of the props you'll give management because he was like, "This is killing me. I'm going to have to leave. Uh, I can't wear this armor anymore." And they were like, "Well, let's see what we can do." Well, and kudos to the fact that he was able to to point to. The DS9 episode yeah. with the three classic Klingons mm -hmm. in outfits that were not the classic yeah. armor that you saw every Klingon well, wear. We're very Klingon. All yeah, exactly. Bits exactly. of fur and stuff. And Absolutely. Tom even brought in his own fucking uh, lace-up uh, moccasin-type shoes, mm -hmm. which just suited. Although, you know, made them short. I but, thought it looked great. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a good look. Um, and it worked well for him. Absolutely. So, um, so I watched that. Yeah, fantastic. You watched that. I watched that. And uh, that's all I watched, I think. 
thing yeah. the theme park history um or expedition theme park or something ex- like ex- expedition theme is. park is another one the expedition yeah. uh theme park is the one that you watch but they have uh different categories on expedition theme park they have like current and then they have um extinction which is the one that extinction, you watch is, yeah. is the the parks that have come and gone but uh yeah. yeah check them out they're so much fun to watch on youtube there's there's another one that i'm not thinking of right now but uh just so many great things that have come and gone and you're just like oh man i remember that or oh i'm so so disappointed i never got to see that it really is cool i wish they could have worked it out because now with like discovery and picard like it's a new age of star trek like they could have whatever i mean it was long in the tooth by now it would just it would it boy I don't. I, by by now, it wouldn't even be like Captain EO status. It just it'd be just you gotta you gotta rebuild those things every few years. Well, and uh, let's face it, they don't have Paramount and CBS don't really have the disposable sums of cash to do something like that and, again. And one of the things I learned from from that kind of that kind of themed attraction in uh, investment thing, it really needs to be part of the overall park experience, yes. standalone. Because, you know, nothing lasts forever, right? Terminator exactly. 3D, whatever the hell they're going to do, it either gets severely revised or they eventually phase it out. But the park absorbs that because it's, yeah. it's got 10,000 different <coughs> attractions. Yep. When, when that's it, when that is your attraction, that's, uh, that's, that's rough going. Well, and, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is a perfect example because few theme parks would have the kind of money to do something like that Mm -hmm. other than Disney. It's going to be interesting to track how long before that gets long in the tooth. Because How long before people are like, ah, I did Galaxy's Edge. Because the detail level on it is amazing. And I've been to theme parks where the detail level is kind of meh. And you're just like, well, this is a ride that's not going to last very long. Or this is an attraction that... You know, I'm glad I went on it when I did because I have a feeling I'll come back in a couple of years and, you know, there'll be something completely new here. So, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling like Galaxy's Edge, because of how detailed it is, it's going to be there for a while. But Disney also does scrap things and start over from scratch yeah. because they can afford to do that. Yeah, well, amen. what was it in uh, California Adventure? I think it was California Adventure. They had Tron Land yep. or Tron. Where um, Cars Land is now, I think. Is it Cars okay. Land? No, that was Bugs Life. Bugs Life is gone. Well, whatever. But I remember going with Barry, Deb, and Paulette to Tron Land. And it was there for like a month. They had a Tron? <laughs> I think oh, that was, was it just special for Legacy? I think that was just a spe- uh, like a pop-up thing for okay. Legacy. Oh, I, don't I don't know. Think it was but a there permanent. was a lot of stuff there in there. Yeah. Like bars, everything. Guys walking around in light suits. But that's what they can do. They can do pop-up stuff like that. For a for a movie, I think I think what happened was the lawsuits from the light cycle rides, because those sudden ninety degree turns were <laughs> hurting people so bad. I think that's what brought it down. Actually, it would. It would. I had you for for about five seconds. No. You guys were looking at me. Come on, Todd, admit it. I saw you. Li- your eyes light up. They're lawsuit. Built, no, they're <laughs> lawsuit. Then then you said, okay, that's light cycle ride. All right. Uh, the Geek Shock Book Club make the decision for February's book, and that is Will Save the Galaxy for Food 
by Yahtzee Kroshaw. If you're not familiar who Yahtzee Kroshaw, that's the guy that does uh, oh, Yahtzee. Yahtzee. Oh, oh wow. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the name. The show on Escape is where he does reviews. And he talks really fast. Oh, uh, it's well, it's Ben Croshaw, right? Isn't that his real his full name? Yahtzee Croshaw. Yahtzee is, what he is goes his by. his middle name. Uh, he he it, doesn't write Yahtzee. Like he doesn't write Ben Croshaw in his book. So I'm just gonna call him Yahtzee Croshaw. It's what he wants to be called, Jeff. Don't don't out the man's name. Yeah, the, yeah. Don't Sting, get... Sting doesn't want to be called Gordon Jeff. That's right. <laughs> sure he does. <laughs> Light. Uh, I will say I have read one of Yahtzee's other books, one called Mog World, which was a fantastic send up of World of Warcraft. Beautifully written, fantastic satire. If you like World of Warcraft, I highly recommend checking out Mog World. But for the book club. We are doing his other book, We'll Save the Galaxy for Food, which I believe he's written a sequel to already. Is it cheap uh, on Kindle? It is. $1.99 I bought mine for in Kindle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zero punctuation. Zero punctuation. Because Zero he does a lot of run-on sentences. That's he right. He just keeps Boy. going. So, so he talks sense. faster than movie Bob? He does. Wow. He absolutely does. Uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Zero Punctuation, they are some of the best video game reviews on the internet. He's been, do- he's been doing it for Escapist for what? Going on... Eight, nine years at this point? At least. At least. Probably not even longer. I mean, 2008's the earliest one that I can remember watching. I He might have done one before that. So I've stopped the book that I've been reading, and uh, I've started <gasps> reading this one. Well, he does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'll go back to it when I'm done with it. Uh, I'm halfway through our, our discussion about James Bond. And I was I was I was in between books, and, and I was like, I, "What do I want to read?" You know what? I was like, I, "I haven't read any Bond book except for Casino Royale." Oh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to read the second Bond book. Oh no! Uh, the second Bond book is Live and Let Die. Oh, Live and Let Die. And as I recall. Nothing but the title is remotely similar to the movie, right? No, no. Right? Oh, oh, no. oh, Jeff. There's some, there's no, some similarities in story and characters. Okay. Um, I will say the language is a bit problematic in this this book. It was written in 1957, I yeah. believe. And so, and it takes place, first part takes place in Harlem. Uh-huh. The second part takes place in Jamaica and Southern Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, versus Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. If you read Train Spotting, the book uh-huh. that the movie's based on, right? Uh, the book is written as in f- phonetic Scottish, okay, which means that you kind of have to read it out loud because he's spelling out the Scottish lilt, right, in the words. <laughs> um, yeah, Ian Fleming does that for black people in this. Oh no! <laughs> a, a oh lot. My God. It really stands out in the chapter where they go to Harlan called. Uh, Listen, John. N-word after- heaven. <laughs> That's the name of the chapter. <laughs> yeah, and 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 no, he doesn't use the term N-word. No, he doesn't. Yeah. And so, so it's been an interesting read. It was very it's it's also it's bizarre because even as he's doing all of that, the characters like Mr. Big talk about how racism pushes them into their own little isolated yeah. sphere. And like what he's doing, his little plan there, is an effort to break out of that and to like join the big leads and force the white world, uh, t- uh, criminal world, to accept him and let him play in the big leads. So it is, it is a bizarre, uh, uh, almost an explanation of like 
racism in one sense and yet just and like Andy a bit woke for his time <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but when I dude when I flipped to that chapter I was like oh yeah you, you, so you flip that chapter you look around right you're like yeah. holy shit that's right who the fuck I'm in my bedroom and I'm like, is anyone watching me? <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, there's no black people around me. Oh my right, God. I can, I can look at this. There's now. nobody. I mean, Jesus, dude, there are Republicans who'd be like, oh my goodness, clutch my pearls. <laughs> so, so yeah, halfway through it, it's been an interesting read. It's nice to take a break. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Like, just put a book down halfway through and then start up another one. Because I always like, I have to finish a book all the way through, get all the characters, stories, everything. Well, I, you, got, yeah. you got to watch a whole TV show before you start the next one. Yeah, dude, he's Sometimes. got a, he's got to paint a whole army. Before. Oh, 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 I I'm gonna karate chop in the neck. <laughs> all right, Matt. I am like you when it comes to books. I can't read multiple books at the same time. No, I can't either. It's it might take me a month or two to finish the book that I'm on, but I cannot start another story because if I do, I completely abandon the other book. It's just it's the way I've always been when it comes to reading. I don't know why that is. I just I and 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 you're to your point. Yeah, I I watch a ton of different TV shows or HBO shows, etc., and it doesn't affect me. But for some reason, with reading and you know. One of my English teachers said that I just devour the words on the page, so that could be part of my, you know, part of my reason why. But if I'm reading a book, I have to finish that book before I can start the next one, or I just invest more. Sure. In book yeah, I, yeah, I will say it it's. I am very invested in it. She did say that yeah. as well. It, it does take a little extra energy to compartmentalize. Right. Absolutely. Uh, my one. I because uh, if you. Because one of my favorite moments of uh, Lord of the Rings is when Pippi Longstocking joined them. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. That's always fun when you do something like that. <laughs> my precious. <laughs> that was good, Jeff. Good like, <laughs> morning. What's going on? What the fuck is the redhead? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the little pig? Come it, it, on. It took, it took me a few moments, but I'm, I'm there with you now. I'm there with you now. Oh, All right. It did. It, it, Hmm. Anything no, else, gentlemen? Um, yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's uh, let's do some weekend geek. Woohoo! Yeah. Ba, 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 and it'll be like, ba, 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 and he'll be listening to this and be like, without me, they didn't do the the I news. Know. You don't give a shit about what the hell. Yeah. There, there was none of that this week. Okay. That's just the way these things land. He's not bringing the funny. But it is weird that it tends to not land when he's. Not yeah, here. It's, that's that's oh, very like, weird. It's weird. You like that, that is little bit. so it's weird. So strange. It's a strong it coincidence. Doesn't make any sense. Strong coincidence. The fates, man. The fates. Yeah. I don't know, Jeff. Moscow rules. I think maybe just Andy saves his uh, th- his uh, role for uh, defending against news you don't give a shit about every week. I think that's what it comes to. Andy defends his role. He fails what? his saving. Oh, throw. he fails his saving throw. I. <laughs> Oh, wow. It, yeah, I don't know where you're deep going. Cuts, it was Jeff. Deep cuts. <laughs> it was straight in my brain. I don't Holy know what I actually shit. said, so you you're can like... run it back and play it for me, and I probably don't even know what I fucking said. <laughs> Man. Well, it's on the tape for all to hear. God, but... we're all sitting here just... Uh... <laughs> 
That's not the first time something like that has happened. I say something that I think makes complete sense because in my brain the, the sentence was perfectly structured. Happens to me I've all the time. People go, Seriously. what the fuck did yeah. you just say? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. what? You've been sitting across from Andy way too long. Oh, I, it could both be. Of us, both me and Andy. Because yeah. I say shit and I'm like, what? And you guys look at me like, what an well, idiot. That's, You've just that's built you up. just trying to explain yourself to but Paulette oh. before she hits you. It's just because oh. we only interact with him a little bit. You've built up an immunity to the Andy virus. So <laughs> yeah, no. that's why you don't do a lot of mumbling and and stuff like yeah like, well know. it's and you uh, it's it's funny too because i still and i'm like god damn it i don't know what you just fucking said and but when i'm with other people and he's has it been You'll like, translate. Uh, yes <laughs> yeah. uh, what? i i just heard him what was your problem you know it's really it's kind of bizarre so there's like a Definite gradation of. Uh, I I have experienced that. You have completely translated for him when we've been out in public, and he goes, "Yeah, he said blah 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 blah." Right. And I'm like, "Oh, and, okay." And yet there are still moments when uh, when I'm like, "What the fuck did he just say?" And and Duncan uh, Duncan drives me. Duncan has no volume control. He is stuck on one. Yeah. And and he's a little like Andy in that. You know, you'll be watching TV, and he'll be in the kitchen, and he'll turn to you and say, "So he doesn't go up to eleven, then?" And yeah, and it's just like, "I'm sorry, Duncan, what'd you say?" And he'll say it the exact same fucking way he just said it, and it's like, "Am I the only one who was raised with if somebody says, what did you say?'" You scream in their face. You, you get a little louder. <laughs> you slow down a bit. No, you don't. You enunciate. You scream in their face. But it's 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 just your it's approach. Hey, motherfucker! This yeah. is what I said. That's my household. There you go. Just, well, um, to be fair, uh, no, I'm not gonna go there. Oh, come on, <laughs> go there, please. She listens to the show now. So. Oh. <laughs> Are you afraid, Jeff? I, 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 would, I would be afraid for you, sir. Brave, oh. brave, Sir Jeffrey. Well, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I, I was doing it for you. I did it. I love that fucking lie, dude. He's like, he bravely turned and fled. <laughs> That freaking movie. I love it. Stephen King's From a Buick 8 is getting its own film from the new company, Renegade Entertainment, formed by frequent genre and King star Thomas Jane and producer Courtney Lauren Penn. From a Buick 8 is about a spooky 1953 Buick Roadmaster, or what looks like one at least. The faux vehicle's real purpose and abilities, like perhaps acting as a portal between worlds, caused the town, Statler, Pennsylvania, and its residents all sorts of grief. Quote, from a Buick 8 is a thrilling and deeply personal project for us, said Renegade, the Renegade pair. A Buick 8? A Buick 8. Huh. As we explore a uniquely structured mystery spanning the 70s, 80s, 90s, and post-9-11 era, centered around a son's search for the truth behind his father's sudden death, along with first love and grief, terrifying and philosophic mysteries are spawned by inexplicable, inexplicable events connected to the titular car. We are honored that Stephen is supporting our vision of his brilliant, provocative novel. No production timeline has been given for the film, though King is already on board with the project. Uh, one of the few King books I have not read. Really? I have not read. I've, I've heard middling things about this particular novel. Um, 
But uh, but like all King books, it will get read, especially sure. if it's getting made into something. Right. That's a nice car. Yeah, it's a Buick <laughs> 8. Yeah. I had I to like show it. him what... He, I mean, I knew what it was, but I had to show him it. Thank it's God you did. really old... Was it 40s, right? Yeah. The 8 from the 40s? Like 46, 47, 53. something like. 53? 53? Oh, that, that that's part the, of the earliest. 40s. No, 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 that's one late of them. 40s. Oh, okay. late 40s. <laughs> late Super 40s. late 50s. 40s. Yeah. Did you uh, did you hear uh, Joe Hill's little story from the Brian Keene podcast? Uh, you know, I still haven't heard that episode. No. Oh my god, dude! It, I read about it on Bleeding Cool. It's so funny because uh, he's talking with Christopher Golden and Brian Keene, and uh, he's like, "Oh, oh, I do have one story." Um, and they're like, yeah. And he's like, you know how I'm a, a a Doctor Who geek? And they're like, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, I, I just, I've been thinking about Doctor Who, you know? I mean, watching it, watching the David Tennant with my kids, they loved it. I loved it. Great memories for me. I just, I love the show and everything. So I was thinking, like, uh, wow, okay. I'd come up with some pitches. I'm going to do some pitches. So I came up with, like, three pitches. I put it up, right? And then... And then I uh, happened to end up hanging out, you know, because, you know, Joe Hill, hanging out with Neil Gaiman for a week, you know, because that happens, right? And he's like, Gaiman went through his pitches, and he's like, love that, don't use that, that's good, keep that. And, you know, what better editor can you have than Neil Gaiman, right? True. So he helped me sharpen up the pitches, and I got him to my... Oh, I forget the agent he said. Like his entertainment, uh, entertainment agent. They're all entertainment. Uh, television or something like that. He got it to them and they sent it off to Doctor Who, to BBC and the whole. Yeah, and he said, and I got, a couple weeks later, I got an email back. And the response was, never has an American written Doctor Who. And if we were to start, it wouldn't be with you. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that. Wow! That's the nicer version of the, that one that I heard was the, the one what I heard was they said no Yank has ever written for Doctor Who and never will. And I was like, yeah. wow. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. But, uh, he was like, that's. He he was like, is that a smoking cool rejection or what? <laughs> it's my official favorite rejection now. That's yeah. That's solid. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Joe Hill's TV show begins this week. Uh, uh, the night. Oh, that's what he was promoting. Hill's yeah. House? Uh, lock oh, and Key. Oh, Lock and Finally Key. Finally yeah. getting, getting released. That's right. That's on... Long in development. That's a Netflix thing. Yes, yeah. so Netflix finally <clears throat> bought it. And, Netflix joint. And uh, so far, the pre-reviews from critics are pretty good. So I'm very excited to hear this. See nah, I don't trust critics. Come on. You shouldn't either. <laughs> you shouldn't either. He's 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 been shattered ever since the you know the reviews came in on Man Babies. He yep. just it, it, he's not the same. Oh, uh, it's true. That technically, we're critics. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're an opinion show on on geek matters. We're that is true. But you said official critics. Did, I, did I say official critics? I'm pretty sure. Well, <laughs> run the state back. <laughs> Run the tape back. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, well, uh, what constitutes the official? We're critic? professional. I mean, we've been doing it for are more we? Than 10 are years. we? Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, where's that paycheck? <laughs> uh, so, so you're saying? Uh, okay, I, maybe not Gene Shallot. Sure. 
<laughs> Nobody can do it like Gene Shallot. <laughs> Nobody can, I swear. <laughs> oh. He's fucking guy brought the bard back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's see. Oh, here's the next one. Hamilton, the film, is set set in stone with Disney and will be starring the original Broadway cast. I heard that. That's amazing. This movie version isn't an adaption of the play like uh, Miranda's upcoming film In the Heights, but rather a live capture of a stage performance. The version of the play we'll see was shot at the Richard Rogers Theater in Manhattan before the original cast members started to leave the production. Uh, Hamilton will be released on October 15th, 2021. Very nice. That sounds like a, a, an Andy Kirsten Todd uh, joint. It definitely does. To go see. It <clears throat> definitely does. Um, I'm super excited about it. One, I love filmed Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Professionally yes, filmed. Oh, best thing ever. Uh, so the fact that they did this instead of an adaptation, all completely on makes- board. My God. Mwah. I like the meta, the meta nature of uh, filmed stage yes. productions. Yeah, it's you're right. It, it, it <clears throat> captures that moment. And the interesting thing, though, is that if they filmed this before the cast started leaving, meaning this film has been in the bag for ages now. Really? Yeah. So it's just a matter of who bought it and when they're going to release oh, it. Oh, I thought. No, I not, thought they were no. they were bringing them back. No, this is done. This was filmed before they left oh. Broadway and did other things. I mean, Hamilton's still being played, but by other yeah, yeah, yeah. The new cat. Maybe different. they had to hammer out like the oh. contracts oh, or something. <laughs> I, I think know. it was just being held for the best uh, offer because I believe Disney bought this for seventy-five million dollars, uh. which is not bad for a completed damn film of a stage Broadway production. Yeah. What did What did he have before Hamilton? Uh, in the Heights. In the Heights, yeah. In the Heights got big acclaim. Okay, because, because to you know, I'm I'm not a theater geek, so it was like Hamilton. He seemed to appear out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden he's showing up uh, doing song lyrics for movies, and he's doing this and that, and all of a sudden he's every fucking where. And right? not to mention, like everybody that he interviews with, uh, they're telling about how they've known him for decades, right? And right. it's like, well, yeah. that that I'm used to. As really? a theater person, oh, okay, because theater—it's a small community. Okay, uh, I'll bet you dollars to donuts. I've got ex acting classmates from from school who have worked with him and know him, you know. And m- me, I haven't heard Jack. It's a small enough community, but in terms of the big, uh, big pop culture thing, he he just suddenly popped. Yeah, came out of nowhere and was doing all this stuff and and in the heights. Uh, has a very similar feel as far as the music goes. If you like Hamilton, you'll probably like In the Heights if you like that style of music. Mm. Uh, and you'll know because it's coming out in the theaters here pretty soon. So Now, I do have to say, Hamilton, if they filmed it like they filmed 1776, would be interesting. Yes. <laughs> it would. <laughs> and who's to say that still won't happen? Sure. That would be funny if this came out. Wow. <laughs> it's it's the cats of 2050. That would be great. Disney's live action Hamilton. 
Oh, dude. The stage, course. the stage version was so popular on screen. We're going to do a screen version for the screen. Of course, they're going to do that. They're, they're going to do the live TV thing like they did Jesus Christ Superstar with Hamilton. Once all the Hamilton fervors died down, it's already died down quite a bit from where it was. Uh huh. Sure. So I will bet you we see a live Hamilton on ABC in ten years. I wonder. Will 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 it ever hit the level where you have sitcoms years from now? And it's like, hey, I got theater tickets. Want to go see a show on Broadway? Sure. What'd you get? Hamilton? Oh, God. Cue <sighs> the laugh track. That's like a, it's the Friends episode where Ross scores some Cats tickets. And by then, everyone, it was just, what, what'd you get? Cats? <laughs> Everyone's laughing. And he's like, <laughs> And thank you, Shock Monkey Elizabeth, for being the first one to alert me to this today. So thank you for keeping me in the know. Uh, let's see. We lost a couple people. Uh, Ian Harris. Ian Harris has died. He was 81. Harris is best known to Star Wars fans for his role as the reptile-like alien bounty hunter Bosk. Uh, as the one who Darth Vader recruited along with Boba Fett and others to hunt down the Millennium Falcon in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Harris also played a Bespin guard. Uh, there was also the uncredited part as Princess Leia's rebel escort in 1977's A New Hope, a stormtrooper in 1983's <laughs> Return of the Jedi, and serving as C-3PO actor Anthony Daniels' double and stand-in in that film, oh, as well as Terrence Stamp's stand-in in 1999's The Phantom Menace. Most of this man's work has been as a stand-in or as an extra. <clears throat> wow. Okay. But... okay. It's his credits are spectacular given that. All right, because he was also in A Clockwork Orange, really, The Shining, Ah. Flash Gordon, okay, Superman Uh, one and two. All right, dark. Oh, 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 pause. Did he did he stand in for Stamp in Superman? He might have, because it's very possible. There's a there's a one degree of separation right there. Uh, Sorry, Dark Crystal. Mm. Wait, whoa, what? what? He was a stand in for how? For the puppets. <laughs> how, do you, how are you like background or standing in dark crystal? What the? Huh? Oh, you know what? Probably like full body costume yeah. thing. Okay. I mean, he did he, boss. He, he was so, Agra. So, you know, yeah. Uh, Sweetums is just the next step. A top secret. Uh, really? Many episodes of Doctor Who in Space 1999. Which no Yank has ever written. <laughs> and that's where it's going to stay. The Living By Daylights. King or Queen. <laughs> the Living Daylights, Hellraiser, Nightbreed, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Damn. Well, that, that is an impressive that list guy of is, credits. Yeah. I mean, I was he laughing like at first. Stand-in stand-ins. I, I love those. I love those resumes. You know, where it's like third stormtrooper on exactly. the left. Exactly, and it's just you know, and and officer jim i i that's I, me i'll Hit giggle my at my friends who sometimes they'll be a little proud of that it's like they play the whole music video and then that one bit where they're in that corner there i am there i am <laughs> and it's funny how some people get excited for them and i'm just uh, seeing a preview of mandalorian we saw the the dude who's the geeky shy geologist from uh big bang theory who play you know it comes in on the the land speeder to take mando to his uh, ship and then as he drives off spoilers the ice monster snatches him mm. and apparently being tuckerized they call it tuckerization 
is like really popular is like oh yeah can i be in a you know can i make an appearance and then i die and it's just like it's it for me it's sort of i i kind of would like can can brian I Posehn, right hmm brian Posehn. that's the, the actor you're talking about in mandalorian yes okay just check it <laughs> okay I, I confirm yes it is okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right there was nothing there you're like Yes. Yeah. Well, you said the guy, and I'm like, I don't okay. know his name. I don't oh, know okay. his name. Geeky comedian, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. He uh, he's actually done uh, numerous uh, RPG stream things too, celebrity stream things. Ex member um, of Mr. Show. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. So, but it it's just like really it, is is that the I I don't know being being brought into something to be killed. A friend did that for me like on a little cartoon he drew and my, my character showed up and I'm like oh this is cool and in the third panel I get killed and I'm like oh <laughs> and it was funny because th- that's the tradition you know and I was just like so, really people like this sort of thing bring me in and kill me and I guess they do and I don't know I'm all for it I don't know I'll I mean, bring you in and kill you I mean I'm only speculating here but it could be because you know it's a project from a franchise that's so near and dear to their heart, they want to do anything they can do. I know but that's sometimes, the thing. There's an air of desperation but about I, it. But what I'm saying is maybe they're only available for like a day's worth of work. So they're like, well, we're going to just kill your character but, off. And they're like, they're fine with that. I don't know. I'm just like I said. I'm just speculating here. But. I mean, David Craig. He got to say a couple lines. You know, his his interaction uh, with Ray was funny. Oh, Daniel Craig. You mean Daniel Craig? Daniel. <laughs> his brain. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Let me do the face. Yes. And Paul's so. Paul's friend got to punch a baby. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. That that that's funny. Yeah, that's good. I like too that. Uh, I mean, he had a he had a way out. He's he's in the fucking costume. He could be like, that that with me. <laughs> it's not like he was credited, you know, scout trooper that punches Baby Yoda in the credits. He could have he could have you know. Yeah, but if Sudeikis is now anything like he was when he lived out here, he probably put that on his on his yeah, uh, his resume with baby, pride. Baby Yoda puncher. Yep, it's probably stamped on the front of his. Uh... It could be. <laughs> I'm the, resume. I'm the scout trooper that punched the baby Yoda, and there you're you welcome. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Community alum Joe McHale and Dexter's Jennifer Carpenter are lending their voices to the soon-to-debut animated movie based on the Mortal Kombat video game series from Warner Brothers and NetherRealm. McHale is reportedly voicing Johnny Cage, while Carpenter will voice Sonya Blade. The new film, revealed earlier this month as being in development, will be titled Mortal Kombat Legend Scorpion's Revenge and will reportedly arrive sooner than the live-action version that's slated to hit theaters this November. The film is being directed by Ethan Spaulding, who did Batman Assault on Arkham, and written by Jeremy Adams, who is a writer for Supernatural, Teen Titans Go, and VS Teen Titans, with Mortal Kombat video game co-creator Ed Boon serving as creative consultant. Mortal Kombat legend Scorpion's Revenge is expected to be released in the first half of this year. Toasty! Wizards of the Coast revealed a second gaming studio this week, one that'll be staffed at the top with creative talent behind classics like Baldur's Gate and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, according to Polygon. The new development house, Austin, Texas-based Archetype Entertainment, 
will reportedly be co-working on a new multi-platform sci-fi RPG game as its first project. Wizards of the Coast said the game won't be set within the world of D&D, nor within the world of Magic the Gathering. Hmm. Instead, players will be getting an all-new IP that's, quote, set in a new science fiction universe, and that'll send players on a story-driven epic where choices they make will have real consequences on how their story unfolds, unquote. And in the meantime, we're not too far from the fall 2020 release of Dark Alliance, the previously announced Wizards of the Coast D&D video game. Cool. So Wizards of the Coast, in two announcements in one year, within one year, I guess I should say. Yeah. Stepping into the video game thing themselves. Yeah, well, you know, Lost Kingdoms of Amalur. Oh, geez. Yeah, let's bring that one up. A graphic novel made Newberry Medal history this week by becoming the first comic book in history to win the top prize for children's literature. The book is Jerry Craft's New Kid. The Boys. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> very, very nice. Which tells the story of a cartoon-loving seventh grader who must deal with major change in his life when his parents enroll him in a prestigious private school. While New Kid, also illustrated by Craft, isn't technically a genre project, its Newberry victory could open the door for genre comics aimed at kids to be recognized in the future. Quote, I'd love for New Kid to be a book that African-American kids proudly claim as their own, while other kids see it as a book that always embraces them without ever being condescending. And it's very important for me to make them laugh, said Kraft. All right. All right. This one, it's actually been in the news for a little bit. I've been waiting to get to it. It's so important. It's one of the most important news stories of, well, so far the year. Easily. Okay. Last year... Games Workshop. I'm listening. <laughs> took a big step at uh, turning its tabletop war- gaming world into a transmedia franchise with the announcement of Eisenhorn, the first live action television series adaptation of the grim dark world of Warhammer 40K. While it's still in early stages, there's already another show in planning. Head of the recently established Warhammer Media, Andy Simley, confirmed that. Early plans have been drafted for a second show set in the far-flung future of 40K. Let me guess. Horse heresy. No. Quote, it's no secret we're working on some really exciting projects right now, Simley remarked. We're animating Angels of Death, developing Eisenhorn for live action, and have just put pen to paper on a 40K anthology show. Actually, don't quote me on that last one. It's not announced yet, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Oops. Uh, Emperor, God willing. Uh. So, yes, there is a Warhammer 40K anthology in the works, and that's all we know. Uh, yes, uh, anthology is a great way to tell Warhammer stories. Okay. Yeah. They'll have, a, they'll have a Rogue Trader episode. What else will they have? Probably a Mechanicus in the Forge world. Like. This is the smartest way to flesh out the rest of the Warhammer universe. Because Eisenhorn, it's going to be all from Imperial point of view. Anything you do with Space Marines are going to be right Imperial point, point of view. view. Like, the right point of view. The right. Okay. For the Imperial Whatever. man. But there's so much story behind the Eldar race. There's so Who much cares? story They're behind the Who cares? They're dying Who cares? The Tyranids are very, very interesting. Orcs. Just how they work biologically is interesting. Half orcs? No, no, those. those oh, are oh my! No, no, the real orcs. Sporks. Oh. sporks. Yeah, sporks. We will it into being our guns. Uh, they're so dumb. Right. They will it into being. <laughs> the Tau, 
there's lots of other alien races in the Warhammer universe that have been fleshed out beautifully, but don't get as much love as the Imperium. That's right. The guiding light of the Emperor sees all. And that's not even crossing into the whole chaos aspect. You don't need to go which, there. Which there's so much to it. And as you brought up earlier, they could tell some Horus Heresy stories in that. Yeah. So f- having an anthology, great choice. Whether they do it as individual short stories a la Twilight Zone kind of length, or they go into more of an American horror story way where they tell a long form over a season. Wait a second. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is it going to be released on Vox Plus streaming service? The uh, Vox? <laughs> Oh, uh, the next thing, Warhammer starting its own streaming service. Yeah, the Vox. <laughs> there you go. It's only oh. available on Warhammer TV on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. Warhammer <laughs> TV on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Games Workshop Plus. And then you got to subscribe to the Forge World channel. And then uh, that's for $89 a month or some bullshit. <laughs> it's a very bad company, Games Workshop. Very bad. Uh, I wouldn't say they're a bad company. They are a very expensive company. Very I will definitely say that. So that's why I'm going to the War Room Games auction where I can get <laughs> minis for cheap. <laughs> cheap minis, people. Yeah. Somehow they're resin. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into it. No, no. Tell me about the resin. No, it's fine. <laughs> tell me all about Warhammer. No, it's, it's Tell me about it's fine. fine Cast, Matt. No, it's fine. Tell me about Fine Cast. It's fine. Tell me about their porous Go ass on. shitty resin. That, you are, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Whoa! Whoa! Open the box. Half the shit's broken. <laughs> Whoa! Not one of their better steps, I would oh, say. Oh my! But I somehow, know. pewter back in the day is cheaper than today's modern resin plastic bullshit. But pewter, fuck you, Games Workshop. Yeah, fuck you, pewter. Oh my gosh! You know the the uh, did I tell you the kid I work with at Toro mm-hmm. who? Basically reinvented OD&D because he couldn't figure out uh, fifth edition, but he wanted to play D&D. Oh. He, he, it, it was really funny. <clears throat> he was sort of like, yeah, we couldn't, uh, we, we, we weren't understanding the rules, so we, what we did was we came up with this. I actually made a table where you have your level, and then you have the opponent's level, and you just cross-reference. He created Thaco? Uh, he, he went a step before Thaco, dude, yes, but yes, he yes. did. He made a combat matricy. And wow. it, was, it was just like, uh, dude, you, you kind of invented the 1974 D&D there. And he's like, did I? Oh, wow. So <clears throat> for Christmas, he got the small uh, uh, 3D printer. Oh. And he's like getting files and printing figs oh yeah because he's like yeah the, the races we came up with they really don't have any so we've had to kind of come up with our own things and i'm having trouble finding sc- files but i'm getting some and i'm starting to print and then he's like and one day he brings in a little a little plastic container he's like some here is here are some of the figs that we printed up and it's really hilarious this this guy i love it is just is just it's like how are the quality of the figs um <clears throat> probably better than the game workshop uh, uh, no. What? Well, fine cast maybe, but uh, the rest of Games Workshop is fine. <laughs> Games Workshop models now are great. The new ones are fantastic. Fine cast sucks. Wow, Mister Mister Maple Leaf does not look convinced. 
But anyway, um, it was it it's it was really funny because this guy is like twenty seven years old, and and it's full geek. It, it it like his his wife for Christmas bought him a three D print printer for their figs. Fantastic! So just completely geeked out family tradition. Thing. I love it. It's everything I am. <laughs> and I love this next story. Atari is getting into the hospitality business with a number of video game-themed hotels throughout the United States. The project comes via partnership with GSD Group. The hotels are expected to be fully immersive, integrating the latest in AR and VR technologies, as well as conductive, conducing uh, eSport event spaces. Quote, Atari Hotels will be the first of their kind in the U.S., offering gamers of all ages the ultimate and immersive entertainment and in every aspect of gaming. We're excited to be working on this project with such great partners and bring a big win to Arizona. That's where the first one's going to be. Construction on the first location in Phoenix, Arizona, is expected to break ground later this year. The plan is to build eight of them across America, including Las Vegas. Well, there we go. That's about right. But you start off in Phoenix, of all places? Test market. I guess. If, it, if you can make it in Phoenix, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> so, I don't think that's the right lyric to that, but... <laughs> what do you feel? <laughs> oh, my God. Aside from a second season that's already been ordered, Netflix is also developing an anime feature film based on The Witcher. The, I read this. The Witcher this. Mm. Nightmare of the Wolf is said to center around a powerful new threat facing the continent, unquote. Way to be vague. Studio Mir, the southern Korean animation house behind The Legend of Korra and Voltron Legendary Defender, will animate the project. It's also a Nintendo Switch uh, Witcher type game coming out. I was looking at it the other day. Or are they just doing Witcher 3 on Nintendo No, Switch? no. They have that. Uh, this one's another one based on, it's like a little RPG <coughs> Top down a la Final Fantasy type thing. Interesting. There's the Switch. Yeah. I, I yeah. And then there was Switch Twitcher and Switch Witcher. Twitcher? Yeah. You're playing Twitcher? It's uh that well because <clears throat> the Witchers they take drugs to yes. you know kind of amp themselves. Yes, you're right, they do. So Twitcher go on to the next actually does some meth. Just go on to the next story. <laughs> And, and 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 switcher go on to the next story is capitalizing on the whole transgender oh god you're right next story matt oh, you're right, right. absolutely Fine. right you, 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 let him, you let him run that far with it <laughs> i was hoping to dig some comedy out of it <laughs> what i'm sitting here i'm being serious oh and yes. you guys are uh, just oh like, is that know, right that's just like you don't even care about the poor people who hurt their necks on the light cycle rides <laughs> and how about we do some red light, green light? <laughs> red light, green light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you say. They're gonna make this shit anyway. Wait, how can we do it with four? Well, that's when the shock monkeys. I don't want to bring the shock monkeys in. <laughs> Where's Andy? They're Damn al- it! They're already here. <laughs> they are here amongst us now, in spirit. Anyway, yeah, Matt. You Someone know that the sage. You know that <laughs> funny being watched feeling you get when you're masturbating. 
That's the <laughs> that's shock not, monkey. That's not Kit looking at you? No, All that, around. No, that's Jake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sitting there with his head cocked to the side, doing that thing with his fingers. <laughs> 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 Yes, mind fodder. <laughs> Red light, green light. Okay. All right, here we go. We got some pictures on the desk. Gentlemen, should we red light these or green light these? Or don't, don't worry, it's just your jobs on the line. All right? All right, first one here. I got the CBS is expanding the Silence of the Lambs mythos with a new series that will center on FBI agent Clarice Starling. The project's being written and executive produced by Star Trek Discovery vets Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lamette. Set in 1993, a year after the events of Silence of the Lambs, Clarice finds Agent Starling returning to field work as she tracks down more serial killers and sexual predators. All the while, she'll have to navigate the high-stakes political world of Washington, D.C., Jodie Foster made the role of Clarice Starling famous in director Jonathan Demme's 1991 film adaptation of Silence of the Lambs, which was based on Thomas Harris's novel of the same name. Using the cannibalistic Dr. Hannibal Lecter as a resource, Starling, Star, Starling, I've heard Starling here. Starling is able to find the uh, Ed Gein-inspired killer known as Buffalo Bill. The movie ended up winning five Academy Awards, including Best Picture. The last TV project to be based on Thomas Harris's characters was Hannibal on NBC. While the show only ran for three seasons, it was enough to become an instant classic with audiences, mainly due to Mads Milkinson's masterful interpretation. 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 Listen, rub the Rub the lotion. Hi, Jake. Just rub the lotion. The crazy hijakes that we get up to at this show. Interpretation of Dr. Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a fan of Silence of the Lambs yeah, big yeah. time, so green light the hell out of this one. It gets the lotion. Did, oh, nice. That was, that, was, that was good. That was good. Oh, my God. Okay. I like that scale. How much lotion does this one get, Matt? Mm. Or I'm a does big it, fan. Does it get the hose again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so big green. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Did you watch Hannibal Lecter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, no. <laughs> your mouth says yes, your eyes say... Shift uh, <laughs> the eyes. Stop, Save me. Stop watching me masturbate. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. You did not. I always wanted to, but I didn't. All right, so green light. Green light, yes, definitely. All right. Jeff? Uh, green light. I, I was always curious as to what happened with... Clary Starling afterwards, because when you jump forward into was it Red Dragon? No, uh, Red Dragon's prior to Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal after. was the one where the character returns, and she's been an agent for years at yeah. that point. But you know, apart from a couple little quips from her coworkers, you don't really know what she's been up to. So yeah, I'd be interested. To I see thought there it. was there was a scene where like the because it, it's it's the mentor FBI guy. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and he was like the, asking uh, Ray Liotta. Is that the one? Uh, I, I no, 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 no. I mean the her mentor. Oh, okay. Right. What played by you know um, in the in the movie in oh, which God. in which film? Brian Dennehy. No, I'm talking about her mentor 
is the FBI guy in the Hannibal TV series. Is that correct? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Because I thought it was him. And he he had made mention of Clarice to like uh, Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal belched. Huh. So. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, I see. And then the light cycles, <laughs> they 90 degree turn and... I'm, I'm leaving all that silence. <laughs> all of it. Uh, add, big add, green. Add in crickets. Uh, big green, I think uh, it'll be very... And it's, I like that it's set in 93. Have we... Are we starting... Are we starting to age to the point where we're getting past the 80s nostalgia and we're going into 90s nostalgia? Oh, oh absolutely. No doubt in my mind. 90s that, nostalgia been has been here for a little while, just yeah. not so much on TV and well, movies. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is like we're, we're hitting that pop culture thing yeah. where things are going to be set. Mm. Wonder Woman, 96. And, Millennials right? are in their 30s now, my friend. They, they're, yeah. the, they're the prime demographic. Yeah. They're the money world. Oh, my God. That'll be, that'll yeah. be hilarious. I want to actually, you know what? I just, I just hit. A, I want to see a Wonder Woman movie in the age of Clinton. Hmm. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm so down. Hi. All right, so green light across the board. I'm throwing my green in there Diana, too. Of course. How you doing? I'm president of the United Clinton States. Clinton getting hooked with the the lasso of uh, truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! <clears throat> how many times did you cheat on Hillary? Uh, well, are uh, we including tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Yeah. All right, next one: red light, green light. NBC has a new post-apocalyptic NBC. thriller. Uh oh. Series that seals away the world's brightest minds deep in the frozen north to ride out the end of civilization where they must band together to help rebuild it all. Code Black writer uh, Jesse Lansky will executive produce the new series called The Vault. Did we do this one? Yes. It seems really familiar. We did this one. Get out of here. Read the hell out of that one. Read it all. (laughs) All right, let's do this one. Roberto Aguare Sacasa, the showrunner behind the series... Uh, based on Archie comics like uh, CW's Riverdale and Netflix's uh, Adventures of Sabrina, has lined up two new genre product projects. The first is The Shelley Society, in which he co-created with Rev- Riverdale writers Tessa Lee Williams and James DeWill. HBO Max has ordered a pilot episode and an additional script for the mashup gothic horror teen romance. Aguirre Sacasa is writing, executive producing, and showrunning the project, which is described as a Victorian X-Files. Young author Mary Shelley leads a band of romantic outlaws, among them her lovers Percy and Lord Byron, against all manner of supernatural threats and monsters, including Shelley's own iconic creature. So Van Helsing. Yeah, it but sounds with like League of Extraordinary People. <coughs> well, League of the People Who Stayed Up Late Run night when it was raining to write stories yeah does this do something for you at all uh hmm. i don't know actually sure i'd like to see them get league of extraordinary gentlemen right so the shelley take your shot take your shot let's see it i do Uh, like the victorian time period so some steampunky steampunks in why not green light it to pilot I think I'd be more interested in this if it wasn't steampunky, though. I like the Victorian aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't have to be steampunky. Right. It could be that. Right. 
So, I, in fact, I think if you add steampunk elements, I think it'll detract. So you mean more gothic horror? Yeah. Something mm. of its, more of its ilk. Something well, you, I, just, you I said with. that as a joke. Oh, I don't okay. know if it's steampunky or not. I don't, I don't know. I mean. Andy, what? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, he votes for steampunk every time. We know. Yeah, really. Uh, There's a gear in it? Green light. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> You've been working on that impression long. <laughs> but I've always liked the romantic Victorian idea of Lord Byron, Percy Shelley, Mary Shelley. that, that Banging whole, monsters. And themselves, absolutely. <laughs> Having a go. Yeah. So well, all those ghosts stand or watch them. Yeah. Jake standing there with his fingers up <laughs> <Yeah>. like this. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. <laughs> You're 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 appearing a lot in this episode. <laughs> uh you know what? I'm gonna give it a green. Yeah. That's the yeah. spirit. That's right. And don't worry, it's just your Which job spirit? if it fails. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, green. Let's do it. I'm definitely on the green side. I just of this watched one. a bunch of hammer stuff, so you know. Well, I watched a bunch of YouTube Can't touch this. Uh, oh. YouTube videos on it. Oh, never mind. Yeah. He uh yeah, that commercial was was on. It was weird. Yeah, I couldn't hear it. <laughs> mm. All right, so green lights across the board on that one. So let's see what this one is. A Netflix one, red light, green light. Netflix has announced a new adult animated series from Pendleton Ward. That's the creator of Adventure Time and comedian Duncan Trussell. Green light. The streaming service ordered eight episodes of a series called The Midnight Gospel. I'm kind of on board from the name alone. That's a good name. The same animation studio behind Netflix's big series, Big Mouth, will also spearhead the new series, slated to come sometime in 2020. The new series will focus on an animatic character named Clancy. A space, light, Clancy. A space caster with a multifunctioning multiverse simulator who interviews beings from dying worlds. It will use clips from Trussell's popular comedy podcast, Duncan Trussell Family Hour, which has more than 350 episodes under its belt. Ward is best known for his Emmy Award-winning series Adventure Time on the Cartoon Network. Clancy, a space caster with a multifunctioning multiverse simulator, interviews beings from dying worlds. The oh, Midnight Gospel. Oh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Green light. That's an unusual pitch. Green light. I don't think oh, I I've did. ever heard anything like it. Green light that. Yeah, nothing like it. But 350 nice. episodes, how quaint. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah. <laughs> keep keep trucking there, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> quaint little podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, so green light, that was yeah. kind of an easy green light. I mean, not, it's, it's, not a lot of information there. It's different enough, though, that it's got potential compared to a lot of your Standard fare, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. my opinion. All right. I got a feeling I know which way this is going to go, but uh, you could surprise me. It's your job's on the line. Red light, green light, Hellboy creator Mike McNola is creating a new anthology series. He's joining with Ben and Max Berkowitz of Not a Billionaire and Starburns Industries. Uh, that's uh, people behind Rick and Morty. To create a series called The Forever House. The show is, quote, high-concept anthology series inspired by international folklore, unquote. It will be live action and use stop-motion as well as traditional animation techniques. 
The titular house will function as the show's center and provide a mystical landing pad for all kinds of artifacts of mysterious origin. Quote, existing somewhere between reality and nightmares, the forever house will encapsulate the feeling of an ancient tale told by the fire as we explore the disturbing and macabre from the mind and sketchbook of Mike Mignola. Read the log line. Concapsulate? Concapsulate. You know. You you either can't or can capsulate. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that sums it up. <laughs> Assisting with the look will be Industrial Light and Magic, who are on board for conceptual development as well as implementation of older Hollywood techniques. According to producers, they are looking to recapture the aura of classic Hollywood-style filmmaking through an updated modern lens. Unquote. Green light. So mm. forever house. Forever green. Sure. Why not green light? I want some Harry Housen more in my life. Give me that stop motion animation all any day, all day. Yeah. Especially Mike Magnola. Magnola. Okay. <laughs> and it's international folklore too, right? So yes. It's gonna surprise me. With some I mean, stuff we're gonna I didn't get know. some Canadian Sasquatch, uh, the Beaver Woman, um, uh, Maple Donut Man. <laughs> what? 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 Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Captain, oh Captain Chickenfoot. Oh my. <laughs> the El Canadian Cabra. <laughs> uh. They're all over Toronto. <laughs> Captain, Captain, I saw him. He had a hockey stick. All right, everyone. <laughs> Gather close. I'm going to tell you all about the polar worm. Yikes. <laughs> that sounds like a... Canadian third date. I caught it in Tijuana. (laughs) (laughs) Polar worm. I thought you got that in Saskatchewan. (laughs) Um, I like it. I like the. I I I want to see what they do with the. There is a sea monster in Canada. The Ogopogo. Is it? (laughs) Is it slowly and? Is it made by Coleco? <laughs> <laughs> Ogopogo. The Ogopogo. Yeah, you know, I think that's, dude, that sounds like a failed a can- Canadian a attempt to, to, to be Australian. No, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was that really famous comic strip in Canadian newspapers back on Sundays. <laughs> it's, it's just Did like. I, say, I meant Lake Monster, not Sea Monster. Oh, yeah, oh. Lake Monster. I was going to say, because the Russians, they're pretty much taking care of your Sea Monster <laughs> problem up there, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the thing's been taken care of. Yeah, really. It's in a or warehouse in think. Siberia. Yeah. The Forever House. I, it doesn't say where this is going to land. So it's in development without attachment. Is to it any on uh, CBC Streaming? I think so. <laughs> CBC Streaming. <laughs> you C- got that. C- Tip C- of the hat to our northern brothers. CBC All Access. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, nine nine nine. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry plus. <laughs> Canadian streaming service. Sorry plus. Uh, yeah. You get it for free, but you got to wait a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good when you get it. All right. Well, last one. Red light, green light. Uh, Wanerna Erp. <laughs> Winona Earp? Yeah. Oh, uh, Pat him on the back there, uh, Jeff D. Uh, help him get no, that No, there's out. the is title it that time episode. period or what? Is it that, that time? 
We're nearing the herb. <laughs> URP. I, herb. I just had a derp attack. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Andy's not even here. What the? Winona Earp creator Emily Andrish is looking to team up once again with Sci Fi Channel to develop a new drama called Axe Holes. <laughs> the show follows a group of characters who are attending a convention who then get transported into the world of their favorite fantasy TV show called Blue Barbara. Quote, the worst role-playing game ever. The unequipped party must learn to navigate a dangerous land of profanity-spewing battle axes, sociopathic fairies, disturbingly sensual dragons, and a chain-mail bikini-wearing shield maiden as they struggle to find their way home. Ooh, you already got me there. Green yeah. light. Green light. Andrus would serve chain as executive mail. producer as well as showrunner. So, yes, axe holes, gentlemen. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's do this. Dungeons and Dragons cartoon made real. I'm all about live action D&D there's, cartoons. Yeah, there's nothing funnier than ill-equipped parties <laughs> going on a, a quest. So, you know, why not? And I've always loved the modern day people transported to fantasy world yeah. trope. It's I'm, I'm all for that every single time. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying a lot of the the whole people people suddenly find their game comes to life yes. uh, thing that's happening. Oh. So that's that's actually You ever kinda... read NPCs? Kirsten? No. That's that's one I think you would like. That's yeah. one of uh, the most popular, more popular ones I've seen of people going into their D and D game mm-hmm. uh, and dealing with it and knowing what the tropes are going in to right. exploit them. So yeah, NPCs. So there's a whole series of them. I, it actually now that <clears throat> you're talking about it, it sounds familiar. I'm waiting for that one we discussed a couple months ago. The uh, the the people who have to uh, continue it's almost it's almost uh, like it esque in terms of people who have to continue their game they they, they went into their game world or something when they were kids oh and that's now, a, a die that's die. the comic book series that yeah right. they have to go back it's it's almost what happened to the D and D kids later on in yeah, life yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. to go back in has that has that actually come out now or? Uh, as the comic yes I or in fact the, Jeff Jeff got me uh, the graphic novel ooh of, cool now they're doing a uh, TV show movie something right Is I that, don't think so I think we were just announcing we were that just particular about the comic, comic. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not going to happen I've been eagerly has, awaiting something that's not going to happen but now you well, got you get the comic. <clears throat> yeah. Now you that's very cool. I do. Yeah, you know, it sounds also. Um, it, it's funny because Andy's not here to call it, but it sounds. Uh, there was this other thing. Um, it was a, uh, a story about a uh, people in this uh, uh, trivia game that got transported into the world of trivia, it, uh, and and they had to get their way out. It was called Ask Holes. And they, he does this now. This is what he they, does. This is, is that your thing this now? Is, <laughs> is that your thing now? This is his thing. I just, <laughs> I just love the way you guys lean forward and start listening to me. I get attention. It's, it's. it's it, he's. What have you been putting in that drink? <laughs> I mean, Actually, uh, 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 Matt's mulatto thing uh, inspired me, so I've been putting chocolate syrup in my Coke. Uh, Matt's what? Huh? Matt's what? It was it mulatto. Huh? His m- m- mulatte? It's mulatte, yes. Okay. Oh, okay. But he said mulatte. <laughs> he said mulatto. <laughs> mulatte, yes. Uh. It's mulatte. But Kirsten's bringing it funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, black tar heroin? Or what do what you got going on in there? <laughs> Dumb. What's With- your going on? <laughs> 
When do you watch ma- ma- Masturbate? I, write to I, us, I, comments at UglyCouchShow.com. Masturbate? <laughs> masturbate. <laughs> that's uh, that's oh, when... Uh, the, the, <laughs> Damn it, Kay, you when got you, another one. <laughs> when you sit there in a corner and you're watching Matt going at it, it's Masturbate. <laughs> Hey, or as Matt likes to call it, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, as, oh. or as Paulette likes to call it, <laughs> Before I get home from work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're starting to get more questions for the man babies and the bars. Did you see what you did? So that's me. Probably going to come yes. sometime soon. Uh, until it next sure week. Is. I know. We're going to answer them for you. What? Yeah. <laughs> It, it's, it's like high-pitched Andy mumbles. Oh, oh that's low. <laughs> Are you going to take that? Yeah. No. Throw your mulatti you, you, you just come over here, and I'll do a video about how SJW you are. <laughs> and until next week, I'm Master Torgo. MVP Jeff. Hey, he had oh, a, he my had a God. Master Big King. <laughs> Make believe, man. What the fuck? And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Hey, is that Jake? Hey, Jake. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Good to see you. Is, is that him in the corner? Yeah, I think it is. Matt, are you masturbating right now? <laughs> <laughs> Underneath the table, yes. <laughs> <laughs>